Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all on the beginning of this week of Monday, August 31st, 2020. Looks like tomorrow will be, Lord willing, we'll be entering into now September, the ninth month of the year 2020. And uh, we pray that you have had uh, a good weekend in terms of being with your family and in terms of trying to find uh, rest and in trying to find answers to the questions that I know we are asking. And as always, it is a privilege uh, to come to you and be able to study the Word of God together, that you set up your time to be with us and fellowship on such a time like this to fellowship in the Word of God and be able to explore the things and decipher what God is saying through His Holy Word. And today we are excited about what God has for us this week. In our panel, we have uh, today Brother Marty, Brother Fernando uh, joining us today as we get into the Word today. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. We're excited to begin another week. We're looking forward to uh, what the Lord has for us uh, today. We're beginning a new series today, really coming out of the same portions of scriptures we've been in, but we're going to call this series, uh, A Separation Has Begun. A separation has begun, and there is much taking place right now, and we're going to see, as we've been looking in the prophetic parallels in the Word of God, uh, answers, I believe, that the Word of God gives us as we study the patterns and how the Lord has dealt with His people in the past, and in connection with the prophetic scriptures that we've we've been exploring, we're going to, to, to endeavor to seek some answers by the grace of God. For what is what's happening? What's going on now? You know, we've all been up under this thing, this whole change throughout the whole world. Uh, but you know, here we are, nine months into the year, and it just seems relentless. And uh, we've we've come through the to the summer, and like Brother Jeremy said, we're coming to a close of it as we begin a new month. And the heat is going to be turned up. Trust me, <laughs> we're headed into some crazy days ahead. And uh, But for God's people, <clears throat> we don't seek answers from the world. We seek answers from the Word of God. And, and so we're going to continue our studies as we look at how God dealt with Judah, uh, how he dealt with the captivity, and how he dealt with the ultimate uh, judgment that came upon the capital city and the nation as a whole uh, after after uh, a couple centuries of, 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 uh, of behavior that brought them to that point. But uh, before we get into all that, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna be coming to you from Psalm 137 today, and Brother Jeremy's gonna read to us those first uh, six verses, <laughs> and we pray that you have your Bibles with us and join with us as we begin a new uh, a new series called "The Separation Has Begun." And uh, Brother Jeremy, would you read to us those verses, Psalm 137, one through six, and we pray the Lord opens His Word in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth. 
saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer, prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Wow. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. We're going to get into that in a second. But as we forge on, as it were, uh, brothers, jump in as we go along. Uh, your your contributions always greatly enhance the broadcast, and, and we look forward to what the Lord triggers in your hearts today. So as we forge on, though, in our times in this nation, uh, there there really is a lot of unease out there. A lot of people going through a lot of things, but our focus is on the sh- on the people of God, on, on on the flock of God. Our focus is on the church, you know. And there's very little yet being understood. Many people, at least in in, in the in the national contemplation amongst those that call themselves by the name of the Lord, the church, very few people seem to understand what is actually happening. And and some would say, well, how do you guys, what, you guys think you know what's going on? Well, yeah, we do. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, <laughs> it's not like uh, we think that because we're all that, you know, or we just think we're these super hyper spiritual people. We have our premise uh, and, and the basis for why we think what we think and what we've been given to you now for the last six months, I guess, we're going on six months. Uh, has been coming straight out of the Word of God. We're not talking to you about what we sense or what we feel, or although we may have senses and feelings, uh, if they're not anchored and based in the Word of God, well, then, you know, we'll see. But what we're trying to do is to glean, as we've been instructed in the Word, from the Word itself. And understanding that we're living in extraordinary times. We're not just living in any old day. We're We're living at a time where the entire planet is changing, shifting, events, moments of history, right? It's all occurring. And yet in this country, because that's our chief focus, the church in this country, because really it it almost seems like when this pandemic began, right, way back at the beginning, and then all the things that have transpired out of it that are going on currently, we're in the midst of a presidential election, we've got violence in the streets, you've got two competing ideas, you've got churches being shut. (laughs) I mean, it's... uh, uh, throw in the virus, and and you know, you've got voices coming out everywhere. You've got prophets, so-called, <clears throat> claiming and naming and boldly proclaiming, right? But there's, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy what's going on. And we believe we've been putting forth a thesis that 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 is trying to bring some sense into light that we have actually more than likely, and I know it's a bold statement, but it's not without scriptural basis. Uh, or at least how we see the scripture that we have entered, if not the the the, the 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 beginning of the tribulation period, we believe without a doubt we're at least in what Jesus called the beginning of sorrows, which will lead to those other events in the in the days and months and years ahead. <clears throat> and so, how we react up under this is important. And indeed, if we are living in these times, then we better find out what it is that we need to do. And what it is that God is doing so we don't find ourselves fighting against the very thing that God's trying to accomplish with his people. 
So like I said, very little is being, right, don't you think? Very little is being understood, at least in the national contemplation, what, 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 what's going on at a, in a big scale. Uh, but we've been focusing on the many parallels that are found uh, in the historic accounts of Judah and Jerusalem and the temple of God, uh, the rise of the Babylonian Empire, and Nebuchadnezzar, a foreshadow of the Antichrist and the global system of their day. These parallels are very striking. And and, uh, and in our times, we've been asking the question, what is truly happening? And are there answers? And really, what is God doing, man? What is actually happening? And so <clears throat> it's with that in mind that, that, that we, you know, we've been talking about about these issues and, and, and looking and focusing on, on the, on like we said, how God has dealt with his people in the past. And really, these were the reflections of the prophet Jeremiah as well. You know, the judgment had not yet fully reached its completion with the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem. But indeed, a captivity had occurred. A group of people had been removed from Jerusalem and had been carried away captive to Babylon. And what we want to look at briefly is, is like then, you know, so are we, uh, like Jeremiah, we, we have begun to earnestly seek understanding. And, and I think what we're going to see are explanations in these kinds of times by the word of God as to what is actually happening, the spirit of God moving and and like I said, Jeremiah began to earnestly seek understanding. And indeed, the Lord uh, revealed that understanding to him. And Brother Jeremy, could you turn over to, uh, to Jeremiah chapter 24 as we begin our study? Let's just lay a little bit of groundwork here before we get to Psalm 137 and see what was happening. And because God revealed to him, you know, and God will reveal to you if you're seeking him. And, and, it, and if you're... If you're praying and asking him for answers, he will reveal what's happening. Now, Jeremiah was seeking that understanding. And, and Brother Jeremy, would you read to us uh, verse 1 through 4 again? We've been over this a few podcasts ago, but we want to dig into it again. We want to look at it briefly so we can get to 137 and see some incredible things, I believe. Go ahead, Brother Jeremy. Amen. The Lord showed me. And behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the prince of Judah, with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten, they were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs, very good, and the evil, very evil, that cannot be eaten, that they are so evil. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, So he has this vision by the Lord. He's been seeking God for answers for his time. The people had been carried away captive, and yet a whole group were left behind. And 
and and the prophet was really seeking the Lord as to what was next, what was actually happening. I think that that we don't fully have an appreciation for what actually took place here. These are God's people. These are the chosen people. These are the 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 selected ones, the ones that were delivered by God out of Egypt. These are God's chosen people who had the word of God and 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 the great blessings of God and born out of the miraculous display of God, unique amongst the nations. And so to see them, uh, their brothers up in the north had already been taken captive earlier by the Assyrian Empire, uh, about 100 years earlier, I think it was. And then now here they are, uh, isolated Judah uh, the, and Benjamin and, and, and Jerusalem as the, as the capital of the nation with the great temple of Solomon. Uh, that had been built uh, by by the by the grace of God for the people. They were a people who actually believed that they were so entitled and privileged as the people of God that it was beyond their scope of understanding. Or even uh, even though the prophets had been warning them for years that if they did not turn to the Lord and cease and desist their embracing of of the of the pagan heathenistic world around them. And the compromise that they had had allowed to seep into every strata of their culture and society, whether it was from the political leadership of the king or to the or the public ruling religious establishment elite, it filtered all the way down into the very households of the people. A great divide was taking place between the have and the have nots. And even though they were brothers and sisters in the Lord, they began to treat each other in, in very bad ways. They were separating themselves from the, you know, those that were prosperous from those that weren't. There was sexual immorality that was rampant running throughout the nation. There was the oppression of the poor and even the stranger who came in amongst them. They looked at it as an opportunity to use them and, and extract from them whatever they could. But it even filtered all the way down into the the husband, the wife, and the children. I think, uh, Brother Fernando, maybe you remember where that is. Uh, what isn't there in Jeremiah where 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 he talks about, you know, the the husbands like cut down the wood and the mothers make cakes and the yes. kids. Uh, do you know, remember what that is? Uh, I want to say it's in the first ten chapters. So. Uh, I'll look for it. Yeah, let's look for that because because it goes on. And, and yeah, I think it says that the children get the fire and the father kindles yeah. the fire or something like that. Yeah. To the queen of heaven, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can find that somebody real quick. I should have looked that one up. But that just you know it just occurred to me as I was talking about just just how thoroughly. Uh, Jer Jeremiah seven eighteen. It says, it says, the children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods, and they, wow. that they may provoke me to, <clears throat> excuse me, to anger. Mm -hmm. and, and read verse 19, brother. Yeah, it says... Do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? That's the result, right? That's the fruit of it. So what we're seeing is that the whole nation had become that way. God's people 
and and here we have what Brother Fernando was just writing, reading there was that even the children go gather the wood, and the, it, there's almost like this celebratory thing involved here, right? It's like a whole family thing. It's like they created their own feast to pagan gods. The children gather the wood, and and the fathers instead of uh, leading the house, it, he, he, the fathers kindle the fire. You know, they're supposed to be leading the way, and they, they should have been rebuking the children for gathering the wood for this pagan ceremony. But instead, they, 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 they fellowship around that which the Lord has forbidden. The women need their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven. And we ain't got time to get into all this, but this was, this is ancient paganism. This is, this is the celebration yeah. of, of, of the feminist spirit, right? Or the feminist ideology. And, and and they pour out their drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. But he says what's going to happen to them when the judgment begins to happen, he says, is all it will produce for them is confusion, like Brother Fernando just read, confusion of their own faces. It's as if what will come upon them, as Jeremiah was prophesying, will happen suddenly, and it will startle the whole of the nation. And when they when they look at each other, they'll look at each other with this perplexed look, not having any answers or any clue because they become so hardened and so incapable of, of self-scrutiny or allowing the Spirit of God to truly cause them to have ears that can hear and eyes that can see what has actually happened and led up to the moment when there would not only be a captivity, but an ultimate destruction of the nation. And, and and that's how bad it had gotten, right? And so this captivity occurs. Let's go back to Jeremiah 24. And and it's with that in mind, these great people, this great nation, you have half of them in Babylon and you have the other half hanging out and remaining. And And Jeremiah, the prophet, begins to seek God for deeper answers as to what's actually happening. I don't really have <laughs> adequate words to to describe the outrageousness of the thought that 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 anyone would even think that God would allow this kind of action, this military action that came upon them, you know, which was to actually take a whole group of people out of their own country take them 800 miles across the, the world and plant them, check this out, plant them in the seat of demonic activity and paganism to its fullest extent. It, it's like Las Vegas on steroids. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> everything, right? I mean, it's like everything wicked, everything evil, everything idolatrous, everything that's celebrates the demonic and the devilish that's where they got taken to mm. it's incredible and they were the good people <laughs> that was it was actually see and we're looking at parallels here right because we've been talking about whether you realize it or not to this point we are all being held captive right now i don't know if you can see that i'm not talking about you brothers because we talk about this all the time but those of you who are listening 
Right. If you don't think you're be, right, if you don't think you're being held captive, just go try and buy something in the grocery store without your stupid mask on, right? I mean, something as simple as putting on a mask is is a conditioning of the mind. Think of the implications of that if we extrapolate it out into prophetic scripture. Are we being already conditioned in the mind that you can't buy and you can't sell unless you follow our rules? Because that's what's happening. It's a breakdown of the psyche. It's it's the conformity to a spirit that has come upon the entire world. That is what is being seen here in Jeremiah's day when when the people were taken captive. And two opposing views began to to rise. You had the false prophets and the and the one true prophet, Jeremiah, which we talked about in our podcast on the on the conflict between Hananiah and Jeremiah and what actually took place in the temple. But what we're exploring today and what we believe that the Lord is saying is is is, is that what is actually happening up under this global lockdown, this global pandemic, this global transition or reset or whatever label you want to give to it now, is that God's people have found themselves constrained but the heat of the events is causing a separation to take place, just like it happened in that day. There was a separation that took place. And Jeremiah was, was trying to figure out why did only part be taken to Babylon and the other part left behind? Because it would still be from that point on about several years, about you know, about eleven years from that initial captivity when the ultimate judgment would come down on the nation. And in his seeking of answers, God shows him two things. Can you read verse one again, brother? When when you get to the point where it says carried, when it, when you get to the point where it says carried away captive, you can you can stop right there. Just read that half scripture. The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Right. So check this out. So what Jeremiah begins to reveal there in his time, number one is this. He says, first of all, I didn't really understand what was happening, but what the Lord showed me were these two baskets of figs. And then he points out where he saw the figs, which was set before the temple of the Lord. But the operative word or the connective word is is that that vision did not occur or the understanding of what actually happened or what was actually taking place in their times until after Nebuchadnezzar carried away the captivity. So it was after something happened that he then began to have insight of the time. We already know that Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the antichrist and that the Babylonian Empire is a type of the global system that the book of Revelation predicts will begin to rise in the last days, which we think we're seeing now. And we believe that if we take Scripture with Scripture and take the metaphor of it for understanding as we apply it to our times and other Scriptures involved as well in the prophetic times that we find ourselves in, that an event had to take place that would bring about a captivity-like situation. 
And that mm. after the captivity-like situation, understanding would begin to be unfolded to God's people as to what's actually taking place. That's why Jeremiah said it was after the king took them captive, then the Lord gave me more information. So it was a trigger. Just as we believe we are being triggered to have information given to us by the Holy Spirit as to what's happening. First came the event that put us under a, for lack of a better term, under a captivity, if you will. But as Jeremiah begins to get <clears throat> insight, first he says that the Lord showed it to him, right? In verse 1, the Lord showed me, 24-1, Jeremiah. What this implies to us is that he was looking and seeking. Ask and it shall be given to you. Uh, knock and, and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. So Jeremiah was seeking in these times. That is one of the most important things that we must be relentless about right now for us, for our families, for our loved ones, for our communities of the church. We need men of God that are seeking God right now, just as Jeremiah. Let him be an example to us. He had prophesied that these kinds of things were coming, but once they came, he didn't then just kick up his kick off his sandals and, you know, put his feet up on his on his desk and say, Okay, there it is. I told you it was gonna happen. No, he, his responsibility just increased. Now not only was the word of God being fulfilled, but now he's seeking God at a deeper level to get deeper understanding and deeper instructions as to what is actually happening. He did not take off his prophet's hat. He actually added additional responsibilities. He continued to seek God for the people. And he says, the Lord showed me. And what he showed him was two baskets of figs. And where he showed him the baskets were is very important. The types, right? Like we talked about, Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist, the global system, the global empire, moving and in action, right? He takes them captive. So how does that apply to our day? Well, we believe that this whole global reset that they're touting, this uh, forced uh, inoculation or vac vaccinations they want to give to people of over 7 billion people, this is a global action. This is a global movement. This is right. a Spirit, if you have an eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, that is already moving. It's not coming anymore. It's here yeah. now. It's here now. And so with that in mind, taking the spirit of what we learn from events that were similar to the times that and the foreshadows and the prophetic insights that are given in these stories that we're examining, we learn spiritually that we can we can access if we apply the framework, I know a bunch of fancy words, but the framework of the spirit and how we glean information from God in these times. What Jeremiah found out by being showed two baskets, right away God was making a distinction uh, in that he showed him two, not one basket, but two baskets. Where the baskets were, it says, is that they were set before the temple. Now, the temple 
represents the presence of God. That's where God is in their day, right? So what he was showing Jeremiah by showing him two distinct baskets to begin with and where they were set was he was alerting the, uh, Jeremiah to something that it is my presence where you've set the baskets, where you see these baskets at the temple. It is actually a work of my spirit or my presence that is causing a separation amongst the figs. Symbolically, the Lord was revealing in all that was transpiring, understand it, it is the work and the presence of the Lord that is doing this. And it's interesting because he doesn't say it was Nebuchadnezzar that was doing this. He says it's the Lord's presence. He goes on to say, right, in verse 5. Can you read verse 5 to us, Brother Jeremy? 24, 5, because the Lord says it. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge, acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. Right. So he identifies who actually sent them out. Right. It, it, it looked as if this action of, of the global state, <laughs> the Babylonian Empire, and the spirit of Antichrist represented by uh, Nebuchadnezzar, who was actually working this out in, in the history of their day, it would look like it was all about what they were doing. But God tells his prophet something incredible. He says what appears to be uh, a, a domination of the devil, he, he basically goes on to tell him, in essence, what is actually happening, it is my spirit that's doing this. I've allowed it to happen, and I'm the one that has sent them out of this place. I have separated them from their own brethren. Let's, let's read verse 2 and 3. Read verse 2 and 3. What did he see these two baskets of figs were? One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first to ripe. And the other baskets had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs, very good. And the evil, very evil. They cannot be eaten. They are so evil. Now let's take a let's take a let's take a little bit of a moment here and consider just how opposite what Jeremiah uh, was being told would seem to the undiscerning number one if you had just been carried away captive into babylon into the very heart of the seat of the antichrist kingdom so to speak <laughs> a foreshadow of it you would assume that if you were left behind with the temple in jerusalem in judah that you got away with it right like you might have been god's favorite and the bad guys were the ones who who were carried all the way to babylon that's why God let them be taken captive over there. It would seem the opposite. The bad guys were carried off to Babylon. The good guys, they they were they got away with it, right? They 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 didn't they weren't included in that number. They they they're still in Judah. They're still they're still around the temple. They're still around what appears to be uh, the place where God is. But God tells Jeremiah the exact opposite. As a matter of fact, he says the good ones are the ones who were carried away captive. The evil ones are the ones that are left behind. 
and, and he says, what do you see? Do you see it, Jeremiah, right? In verse 3, just what do you see? And he tells him what he sees. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 4, he says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me. And he begins to reveal to Jeremiah that the figs that were actually, or the basket of good figs that he saw were actually the people that had had been taken captive. And later on, Jeremiah will go on in, in, in verse 29, in chapter 29, to tell that captivity that it was actually a work of the Spirit of God that has taken them there and that they need to submit to what's actually happening in their day. In other words, don't make a fuss. Pray for the peace of the city. Turn over to chapter 29. Uh, Jeremy, would you? Yes. Because he tells them, he writes to the the people of the captivity. He sends them a letter. We explored a little bit of that, but read what he says in verse 4. Verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Okay, so he wants them to understand this. And I believe this is what the Spirit of God is saying right now, for those of you who have ears to hear. What is happening right now is actually the work of the Spirit of God And what is going to happen and what has already begun to happen is a separation is taking place. Nebuchadnezzar's spirit, if you will, (laughs) is on the move. The global reset has begun. The sooner that you understand what is upon us and that it is the hand of the Lord the quicker that we will understand it and respond accordingly. We don't have time to get into it today, but what the scriptures predict is that there's going to be an interim time in the next couple years, I believe, if we're living in the times that we think, where this system that we're talking about that has caused the whole world to come under captivity is going to have its, its day. It is going to achieve its goals, and it's not going to come without incredible upheaval. All kinds of things are getting ready to happen in the next several weeks just to start things off. And what will emerge out of it is going to be a control and a system the likes that we never thought we would ever see in our time. It's coming and because the Bible says so. But how we react up underneath that is vital. And what Jeremiah was telling them there in chapter 29 is understand it is the Lord that has allowed this captivity to come. Now, you have two choices. You submit to the hand of the Lord and what is happening because it is his, his will. It is his prophetic scripture. And, and you will prosper for the time being, <laughs> basically. What does he go on to tell them to do? In verse uh, 5 and 6, in there, Brother Jeremy, could you read that? He says, uh, Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, and not diminish. Mm. And be not diminished. 
Dude, this is <laughs> and someone help me here too, right? I mean, just whatever you're thinking, because this is the thing that people st- still have a hard time understanding. Right. And, and this is right. This is coming from the prophet. You do the opposite of of what he just said, brother. He said would cause them to diminish, to be attacked. But he. But he says, don't fight against it, right? In other words, he, in verse in verse uh, 7, he goes on and says, seek the peace of the city. In other words, don't make no trouble. Verse 7, would you read that? Yes, he says, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. And for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. So what... what <laughs> the advice that we're gleaning from this is look let happen what has happened it's going to happen it's going to have its way and what you need to do is be wise and seek the peace of it in other words you know do whatever you can to lay low and do your thing i mean live your life take care of your wives your children and live your life <laughs> that's but but that's completely un-american brother <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 we're su- we're we're supposed to fight for old glory. You know, old we're supposed glory. to, and that's exactly what it is. It's old glory. It's 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 not there anymore. And and, and again, we're talking about Jeremiah having to declare this to his own country. My God. So was he patriotical? Doesn't sound like it. But he was so removed from the things of this world and looking into the things of the spirit that he he you know he 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 was just focused on declaring the word of God and what God was saying to the nation yes right and, and I don't yeah. know if 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 we're able to do that Christians in America here today because we're we're patriotical and there's nothing wrong with being a patriot. I love this country. But Amen. I also know the I also know the sins of this country. Yes, that have been committed, the great abominations that have been committed, and the word of God is not patriotical. The word of God is for everyone, right? Yes, it's 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 not just for one nation; it's for everyone, you know. And there is a righteousness to God's word that has to be fulfilled in order for the blessings of God to come to a nation, right? And yeah. as we as we speak right now, we are so far away from the nation we once were. You know, so, it, again, you know, it, this is a hard, hard thing to say. And Jeremiah, yeah. the Lord is telling the people, submit yourself, you know. Uh, be at peace wherever you find yourself. Don't fight it. You know, what's going to come is going to come understand that and you're going to prosper if you take that kind of action if you prepare yourself accordingly don't fight what's coming wow yes <laughs> um, that's intense you know, uh, <laughs> go ahead brother <laughs> uh, i know uh wow. last last friday I, I was sharing i think i mentioned it to you brother marty i'm not sure if fernando was there but there's a lot of people a lot of us, I'm talking about Christians, that we're having a hard time coming to grips with this, right? 
and right. and right. I had mentioned something about in order to come to grips with it, you must first have a grasp of what we have in front of us, and that's what we're trying to do is grasp it. And so, and I say this because the number one thing, first the thing that we need to come to grasp with is that it is the Lord who says, I have caused this to be, I have caused you to be carried away. It's the Lord's yeah. doing in this. And what I see by the Spirit, and I've been trembling, I, I'm trembling right now as I say this because I've been trying to find the right words and I pray that I'm able to express it correctly. This is a twofold thing that God is saying. If you if you notice, it, when when God would speak to Jeremiah the prophet, said, he said you need to put on this yoke, and he says yokes because um, it wasn't just one that he was going to put on, but it was going to be given to other kings, right, as symbolic. But for fifteen years, Jeremiah would put on and take off this yoke. Now, according to what I read in in chapter twenty eight in this confrontation between Hananiah and Jeremiah. Remember when, when, when Hananiah got upset and he goes to, to Jeremiah's neck and rips it off and breaks it. And, 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 what is, and so what we learn is that this yoke was made of wood. And I believe that, that, that what God is telling us to those to accept this yoke, he says, this is a yoke that can be taken on and off. I don't know if that makes sense. It can be removed. It can be put on. But there's one yoke that, that it's going to be harder for those who don't receive it and that's the yoke of iron that is coming that's what the system is going to bring the people under a yoke of iron those who do not come under the word that your prophet jeremiah was saying they were going to have yes a yoke but it's a yoke of wood that is can be put on and off but there's a yoke of iron how do i know this look what happens when he does this when hananiah says this in chapter 28, verse 12, and I pray I'm in line with what we're saying today, Brother Marty. This is, then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet after the, after the Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, go and tell Hananiah, saying, thus saith the Lord, thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. And that's what I see, the two folks. These yokes so of wood, yes. Mm -hmm. No, you made me think because, I mean, you know, it is in the same spirit of what we're talking about here because when you had that confrontation, because it's out of that confrontation came this letter that we're talking about, this captivity. We're in Psalm 137, which is where they ended up and, and what was being worked there. We're talking about this separation. But what you said there is really, really, or what the Lord, you know, had Jeremiah say was really powerful. Because he's talking to the false prophet. He's talking to a prophet that once was a prophet that lost his touch with God, a national prophet. And there's many of them in our in our country. Uh, they look like prophets. They act like prophets because they learned how to be prophets, so to speak. They they learned the game, the, the, the suits, the, the lights, the camera, the action, the wording, the phraseology. Everything that they use deceives the people into thinking – that they're still a prophet when really they're they're absolutely corrupted and have no vision or light from God. And what you said that Jeremiah told him is really profound. He says, look, uh, you, you've broken the wood, but all you've done, man, <laughs> Hananiah, and, and all you've done quite possibly in this time frame, false preachers and false prophets in our time, 
is is ensure that what's coming is going to be worse than a biodegradable piece of wood which won't yeah. last right it, it'll ultimately go away but you've created something now that's going to ultimately bind them and cause them to perish and he was referring to those that right that were left behind in jerusalem that's who that's who that iron came on <laughs> that's how they were laid yeah. out. so it wasn't what, what, it wasn't uh said, it wasn't it wasn't the Democrats or the Republicans that ensure that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the preachers. No, Brother Marty, uh, what, what you just said in one sentence is what I tried to tell people right now in two, three minutes, but I, I'm glad. That's exactly what I was trying to convey, Brother, is that, yeah, you, you, you broke these, but something worse is coming upon you guys, which is a, yeah. a, a yoke of iron, you know. And, and uh, you know, I, and I know that it was going to happen that way anyway, because it had been prophesied by Isaiah and Hosea and Amos and, and and the other prophets that had gone before Jeremiah, right? But 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 think of what God was saying through the prophet there, in that you put on a yoke of wood, it's biodegradable. It it, it will it will yeah. eventually go away. But yeah. but what to, which seemed to impl it, it may, and I'm just speculating now. Help me out here, but. It, it it has there a hint of grace. Yeah. You know, that that you're Absolutely. still gonna have to right? You're still gonna have to deal yeah. with it, but it won't be permanent. <laughs> well yeah, but, I agree look, with that. look look what God is saying there. I, I agree because what what we just read, you had it you had us read, read you had me read in chapter twenty nine where he says, you know, I have caused in one sentence he's saying I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the next sentence says, but build ye houses and dwell in them, you know, and plant gardens. Yes. I mean, it, it's the mercy of God, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. grace of God that we can see because it's 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 all going to pass away. <laughs> it, it's it's right. going to pass away. But this this um, yoke of iron that's coming, it, it almost seems to say that it's it's almost irremovable, you know? <laughs> it's a, well, uh, it's a yoke saying. of iron. Because who yeah, he was yeah. talking to were those that followed uh, him, you know, the, the people that were left behind in Judah, the, the elite uh, religious establishment, the people that, that continued even after the captivity was gone. He says, rather than, than giving the proper word for the people that are left behind, he says, all you've done is cause them to be, their fate to be sealed. The yoke of iron is coming on them. You know, you that's and and they would indeed thousands would be slaughtered within a matter of seven years from this point on. Thousands would be slaughtered, and but those that were in the captivity, their yoke was still wood. <laughs> you know. Let's let's say this, brother. Okay, and I, you know, let's 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 say this, or I ask the question: What if when the pandemic started? The churches were closed. Preachers and went into their prayer closets in, in secret and private wow. and repented and stood quiet, stayed quiet and repented and understood that uh, the sin of the nation was laid at their feet. And it could probably be, because we're talking about two kinds of yokes, right, the yoke of wood and the yoke of iron, that the Lord would have... You know, the, the Lord would have showed grace, and, and and maybe coming out of this, the the churches go back to being open, and and you know, there's some kind of prosperity, right? There's some yes. kind of blessing. Uh, 
But that's not what the preachers did. They they right. became more brazen, like they were this righteous church that deserved their right to 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 open their churches that has been stealing money from the people for years, hmm. for generations, man. Yes. And and by taking that kind of stand, and we're seeing it, you know, we have a preacher out here in L.A. who who took that kind of stand, and you know now they they've completely uh, uh, the lease that he had for the parking lot no longer available for him. So how is this church congregation going to park to go to church? So they can't. They can't. So, so could it be that the stand that they have taken the preachers in America is ensuring this yoke of iron to be sure, not just in America, but the whole globe. That's, that's incredible. But yes, you know, I think that's exactly what we're seeing revealed to us here in Jeremiah, that's exactly right. See, the one thing that the, the chief component that's been missing this whole time from from the religious establishment, which is filtered down to the majority of the church, uh, which doesn't know any better because for years it's being been taught nothing. But what's filtered down is this, like you said, this this uh, this defiance, and the, and what's really been missing has been a true honest reflection of where we are as 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 a yes. collective body of Christ in this nation. And even yeah. they're calling for these big prayer meetings and stuff. Now they're going to do some march on Washington on September the 26th. God help them. But, you know, if you if you read the list of what they're praying for, I read that this morning. There's no mention of hey, maybe we've messed up <laughs> as the church. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah. they're coming together yeah. to pray for their rights. That's what it said. Their religious rights. Uh, wow. They're coming together. And they gave all this other stuff, right? But all of it was political. None of yeah, it, exactly. Right, and they always quote that yeah. scripture part way. If my people will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. Well, that's not what he said. He said if they will turn from their wicked ways. Right, yeah. but we have to acknowledge that we ain't been living right to begin with. See, even though there was a captivity that was taken to Babylon, God began to work on them because there was something that He saw in the heart of each and every individual that was sovereignly selected by God to be taken out of the very place that was ultimately going to have that yoke of iron come upon it and lead to its ultimate destruction, like you guys have been talking about. And, and, and that's why God had Jeremiah send this letter. And what you were just saying, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremy, read that. Could you read verse 8 and 9? Because that's exactly what Brother Fernando was talking about, the preachers. Had they actually done the opposite uh, of what they did, we might have had a, a moment of grace here. Maybe we would have, yeah. God would have stayed the hand of what what is already well underway now. But go ahead and read verse 8 and 9 because he's telling them, you you go He's telling the captivity who recognizes that God has separated them. He's, he's going to begin the working on them still. They're, they're not perfect people, but it's all about being worked on. And, and But he says about the false prophets, listen to what he says in verse 8 and 9. This is a chapter 20, 29. Four, or 29, okay, yes. It says 8 and 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners, your your diviners that be in the midst of you, deceive you. 
neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. I have not sent them. So what he was warning the captivity about, those who just laid low, right? <laughs> I mean, because that's, you know, to put it in, in what we're going through, he was basically saying, look, this has come. It's not coming, and there ain't no way out of it. It's already here, and it's begun, you captive people. Just do not listen to those who are going to come in this and try and persuade you that it ain't what you think it is, and you're going to go all the way to the ballot box and, and overthrow every oppression that's begun. Because that's what they said back in the day, right? After two years. We're going to get everybody back. We're going to get our king back. We're going to get all this cool stuff back. Our temple's going to be functioning. We're going to have this great revival. That's what he said. He said, don't, don't listen to that. That's what he told them. Don't listen to them. And this is the question, and, and, and we're going to find out who's right, right? I mean, I hope to right. God we're wrong. <laughs> I really do. I don't want none of this to happen. Who does, right? But the fact right. of the matter is, is we've been in this long enough to know this ain't normal. This is not normal. This is anything but normal. This is prophetic times. And this is why we, we feel compelled by the Spirit of God to seek answers. And we believe God has shown us a basket of <laughs> two baskets of figs, the good and the evil. Brother. Brother Marty, the question I ask myself is, what do we need in this house? Because because the Lord is telling Isaiah in verse 8, he says, let not your prophets and your diviners, he's, he was calling them your soothsayers. Right. <laughs> that, you, know, you know, do I believe in dreams and visions? Yes, I do. But it's the word. If, you know, it, we're hearing a lot of people saying, I have a dream. And I'm not saying that those dreams are not. But most of them I question because there's no backing of the word of God in it. So what we have in this hour is a lot of diviners, dreamers that have visions. Look what he says. That be in the midst of you that deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. We need somebody to stand like Jeremiah with the backing of the word of God. You know, yeah. as when the confrontation again, I don't know why I always go back to chapter 28, when he says, I, you, you're speaking at, I'm always, you're telling us what you dream, 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 but I'm speaking to you what I have heard from the prophets that have been before me, of yeah. what they have prophesied, both not just against here, Israel, but against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. So, you know, what is it that we need today? What, what are we looking for? Just people that have dreams and that are saying this? He calls them soothsayers, diviners. We need a word from, the, we need a, the, somebody, a prophet to stand with the backing of the word of God. And, and, that's, and I that's, think that's. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, uh, that's the whole pretext for why we've come to these conclusions that we're talking about. You know, it would be so much easier to 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 throw your hat in with 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 the false but what i what yeah. i have to look at you know even even as i'm looking at from cuz we're at you know uh, you know you don't you don't win people and influence you know cities and stuff with this kind of a word you know the the, oh, the no. church people right they they, <laughs> they don't want to hear this kind of word 
and I take no pleasure. You mean they won't invite you to the White House with this? I doubt it. Work? I highly doubt, especially after the Uzziah <laughs> teaching we did that one day. But uh, <laughs> exactly. But no, they wouldn't, and and that's okay, right? Uh, because what we are seeking, these are, look, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> brothers and sisters, these are incredibly dangerous times. We ain't playing games right. here. People are getting killed in our streets. There is no respect for old or young alike. There is no respect for private property. There is no respect for businesses. They're, they're burning down churches. They're not reporting it in the media, but you just go ahead and do some research on your own. They're burning down churches. They're cutting the heads off of statues of Jesus. They took a guillotine and took it to the White House the other night when the president was giving his acceptance speech. I've got photographs of, of, of they, 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 they brought a Trump doll, a human life-size-like doll, and they stuck his head under a guillotine and were posing with it as they were getting ready to chop his head off outside the gates of the White House where he was giving a speech to the nation accepting the nomination for the presidency of the United States. Or in Portland the other day, burning Bibles in the middle of the street. Bibles in the middle of the street. This is the reality. These are dangerous times. Or, or, or just do a Google search of how many officers have been hurt, how many people have been killed, how many people have been injured, how many billions of dollars of destruction has been wreaked on the United States. Is it any wonder that California is on fire? California is right. on fire. Is it any wonder that we're, we're being hit with hurricane after hurricane after hurricane? What about the 770-mile-long tornado that tore through the uh, breadbasket of the nation just last week or a, a week and a half ago through Iowa and all those states in there? We lost 141 million acres of harvest uh, in the field. All of this is happening at the same time. And, and, and then you've got these guys, these knuckleheads standing up telling you everything's great and this great revival's coming. Do you have eyes to see? Right. And so what Jeremiah was laying the premise out to the captivity was, look, settle down, settle in, and lay low. Pray for the peace of everything, and God will prosper you. Understand you're being separated and brought out. A church is being brought out of a church. Those that can hear right now understand that the Spirit of God, and I don't mean to yell or preach here, but, but let me calm down a little bit, but those who understand what's happening by the Word of God, like Brother Jeremy was saying, understand that the Spirit of God is causing a separation to happen. That's exactly what happened in his day. And the, and the complete opposite word was being brought forth by two camps, Jeremiah against the false prophet. The false prophets preaching victory, prosperity, and, and greater days are ahead. Or Jeremiah, who says, look, it's not a matter of, 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 <laughs> of is judgment coming. He says judgment has begun. And so it's right. not a matter of uh, we, we don't have the opportunity to turn this hand around. You've come too far. And so what God is going to do is have those who recognize what's happening up under the prophetic scriptures and the timeline that's ahead of us. And how to react appropriately in those situations for the preservation of our families and the prosperity, supernatural prosperity 
having our needs met and, and the things that we need for our kids and all that. He says, so that you don't diminish, let God have his way. The rest, they're going to go on and play their stupid hyper-spiritual games. But all they've done, like Brother Jeremy was just quoting, was cause a yoke of iron to come upon their necks for their destruction. That's where we're headed. Yes. yes. Brother Marty, uh, we're talking about the captivity of Judah. All that yes. Judah had to do is just look to their brothers and sisters in Israel and just see up north what was taking place. Yet, instead of, of learning from that, what happened, right, to their brothers and sisters, uh, right. they were complaining. You know, and, and it's kind of like like today, you know, you were speaking about the, the we're here in the south here of Southern California, and all the fires that are taking place in Northern California, yet we have churches, instead of praying for what's taking place, fighting for their rights, their rights to open and suing the you know uh the state or whatever or their county uh for such they cannot see it don't we see what's happening all around don't we see what's mm -hmm. happening symbolically speaking up at the up north you know don't we see what's taking place but we won't listen and you know I, you just made me think about that that yeah. all judah had to do was to look to to their counterparts their brothers and sisters in israel in other words in the other in the other kingdom and see what <laughs> Look at all the destruction that had come upon them. Yes, exactly right. And so, so what Jeremiah was was literally saying is that you know there's in verse six and seven of chapter twenty four. Go over to chapter twenty four, brother Jeremy. Yes. And read six and seven, would you? Six and seven. For I will set my eyes upon them for good. And I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down. And I will plant them and not pluck them up. And I will give them a heart to know me. Hallelujah. For I am the Lord, and they shall be my people. And I will be their God, for they shall return unto me, glory to God, with their whole heart. Praise the Lord. So that's what he's saying, the separation that has occurred, and you who find yourself submitting to what's happening by the Spirit of God and understanding that God is all about what is happening for you, for his people. This is what is happening. He's separating his people from his people. He's removing the false from the true. The false are getting worse and worse and worse, and they're causing more harm to come down, not only on themselves, but on all of us, because we'll all be lumped into one thing. But he basically says, look, I have sent you out of this place. You are coming out of this whole ridiculous thing that's been called the church for the last 30 years. It's ridiculous. It's false. It's corrupt. You got Falwell Jr. over there taking his pants off and in the corner there while his wife is acting like a whore. And these were the leaders of the evangelical community that's just come to light. I hate to be so blunt. But it's time for being blunt. These are the people you're following. Or the chief spiritual advisor to the to the president of the United States is a woman who slept around, been married three times, and the guy she's married to now is a, is a is a rock star. And she, I've seen a film of her the other day saying when she walks into the White House, God walks into the White House. Honey, you've got another thing coming if you think you're God. You ain't God. Right. Right. Mm. Give me a break. And these are the Pied Pipers that are leading an asleep, 
uh, unspiritual, pseudo hyper charismatic Pentecostal, even denominational world right to the precipice over the cliffs because that's where they're headed. But God is speaking. And if you have ears to hear to another remnant saying, lay low, come out from among them. I'm separating you. Open your eyes and see that these are the days that the prophets spoke would come to pass. And they're beginning, they're happening, and rely upon my spirit. Because what I'm going to do for you is cause a spiritual revival to take place in your own personal life. And my spirit is going to be working on you. And you're going to have things removed from your life and have things added to your life. And, and you're going to learn how to seek me. And I'm going to allow this spirit to come upon the planet because that's where we're headed. Church, you haven't heard the gospel ever, quite possibly, but this is the word of God. Yeah. Jesus is coming. An antichrist global system is upon us. The world mm -hmm. is coming apart at the seams because of the sin. All of human history is culminating itself. In our generation, it's not going to be too many years from now, but it seems so outrageous and beyond the capacity to, to literally wrap your thought around such a thing. But those who have ears to hear, those who will search the scriptures and see of their soul, they'll begin to realize that what God is doing is calling a people out of a people, and he's going to prepare us for the new Jerusalem. He's going to bring us to our heavenly home where we will see our Savior. I heard Brother Ravenhill this morning. I was listening to a message he preached. And what he said just got a hold of my heart. He said, even when we preach about heaven and so forth and so on, he says, those are the benefits of knowing God. He goes, he said, oh, that we would have a people that would say like, like the Apostle Paul, oh, that I might win, not heaven, not prosperity, not, a, not another mansion in the sky. He said, oh, that I might win Christ, Jesus, yeah, my yeah. Lord. Um, man, that got a hold of me, man. <laughs> yes. Do I love him like that? Do I want him more than I want my necessary food, like David said? As the deer panted after the water, so my heart and my soul longeth after thee. Thy precepts have been yes. my meditation yes. all the day long. When I'm on my bed, I'm thinking about you. When I wake up, I'm thinking about you. When I walk at the noonday, I'm thinking about you. When I lay down at night, I'm saying, that's David, man. You know, <laughs> my soul longeth for thee. This is the kind of church he's beginning to work on. And he separated the church from a church in Jeremiah's time. And he allowed them to go to the very place from whence all paganism was flowing. It was designed to begin to work on them. And in the midst of the, of the compromise and filth of the age, they began to see how far they had drifted from the Lord and how much they had taken for granted his blessing. It's the first thing he began to do. And we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. But let's look at the captivity to learn 
what the Lord was doing and how he would work on them because it's the same thing he's beginning to accomplish now and it will become more and more apparent as we go on in the next few days, weeks, and months ahead. Brother Jeremy, let's let's go over to 137. We'll pick it up from here tomorrow, but we'll but we'll look at the at the first thing he says because this is an incredible revelation that he begins to unfold because this is where the captivity found themselves. Can you read verse one to us, Brother Jeremy? Yes. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. By the rivers of Babylon. That's where they came to. See, they were all sinners. Yeah. They had all messed up. But there was a redeeming quality about them that the Spirit of God saw and removed them. He called them good. Good figs, right? <laughs> Very good, he called them. And, and he, what he was saying was, when I'm done with them, that's what they're going to be. See, in that parable of the virgins that we talked about months ago, when the midnight cry went out, they all arose, right? They trimmed their lamps and they filled their lamps with oil. There's a process that's gonna that's going to take place, which has begun to take place now. He took them all the way to the seat of of paganism and 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 debauchery and, and indulgence, like you can't imagine. That's where they went. And they came to the rivers of Babylon. And what that's how God began to work on them. They began to have their eyes open. This is metaphoric for us. You know, this is this is descriptive for us. How does this apply to us? What we are seeing all around us, what's been creeping up around us. If it hasn't bothered you, something's wrong. I mean, when, when you're talking about before this whole pandemic, we were we were parading 10-year-old little boys in drag on television and, and celebrating it. We were having a, a, you know, what do they call them things? A drag queen story hour where they were taking these demonically possessed yeah. people and putting them in front of children, right? And reading them stories and letting them children climb all over them with their parents sitting by like idiots clapping their hands and rejoicing in this, in this removal from orthodoxy and the holiness that once made our nation great. L listening to demons. That's what they are. Listen, listening to demons, brother. You're right. And so when he, that, that's this, that's what this type is. This, it, those that began to be bothered and, and sensing that maybe I shouldn't be watching what I'm watching. And maybe, you know, suddenly I'm having trouble with my, my, my wife. She ain't as, she ain't what she used to be, but I was the one who took her to certain places. I mean, I could go down a whole list of what I've heard from different people. I mean, my kids, all of a sudden, they're they're talking like they they haven't talked before. They don't want to be interested in church no more. Well, what happened? You were being allowed to see the rivers of Babylon. Babylon, the seat of all indulgence, man, idolatry, power, control, etc. They said, that's where the Lord brought us. That's where we sat down. The, the rivers the rivers of Babylon contrasted the pure river, the pure spring of the Gihon River that flowed up underneath the temple and gave water to the whole city, pure, crystal clear water. But the waters of Babylon, are, if you've ever seen an overhead picture, right, it includes the Euphrates and, and the Tigris and, the, and the, the river Kibar where Ezekiel was, those are muddy waters. 
And that's where he brought them to, to begin the work. He sat down, and as they looked around at the magnificence of all the world had to offer, when they sat down and began to reflect of what they once had and where they were now, it was the very compromised way in which they allowed the the, uh, the 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 things of the paganistic, heathenistic world to filter into their lives. We're all guilty. <laughs> I mean, there was just a there was one Daniel, one Hananiah, one Mishael, one Ezekiel, and one Mordecai. That's about all I can identify right now. The rest needed work, big time, like you and like me. We all needed right. work. We all need work. All of us. And what we're allowed to see and what we've been being allowed to see is really the fullness of the compromise that we allowed in our life. That's, that's what he was talking about. But I'm going to work on you. And, and what is coming is coming. And you're going to see it at its fullness. And I've got to isolate you because that's what he did. He isolated them. And when they really allow the spirit of God, right? it suddenly begins to dawn on them that what they had done is where it brought them to. It brought them to this. He allowed them to be brought there so they could see the end. If they continue, this is what you'll be. If I don't step in at this precise moment in history, I won't have a people at all. You'll all become worthy of being destroyed. But by the grace of God, he brought them there, and, and when they began to see where they were and what had actually transpired, they go on to say, uh, yes, we wept. We wept when we remembered. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the scrutiny of the Spirit. That's the trying of the Spirit. We wept when we remembered, which implies that God that they had forgot Zion, right? They had forgot the beauty of living a clean life, of enjoying the basic things that God has given us and not lusting for more, never satisfied. Every little thing creeping in, taking us a little further down the road to the portions of compromise that at one time would have caused us to be you know, uh, revile those things and to turn away from those things. When God first saved us, we came out of the world so full of the Holy Spirit and wanting nothing but Jesus. It was Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus in the evening, Jesus in my dreams. But then life began to happen. And little by little, I allowed this and that. And what used to vex me no longer vexed me. And what used to bother me, eh, you know, I say a prayer, God forgives me, you know, I go off. No, man. See, how am I going to meet Jesus like that? Well, God has a people that he's taken out of a people. And it's beginning to dawn on us. All over the world, Jesus is coming. And he's going to allow us to see the full flight of what Babylon really is. It's already happening. And the Spirit of God will cause us to weep over the conditions that we've allowed our, our communities, our families, our nation to come to and there will be a remnant that comes out of it where they will remember Zion and tomorrow we're going to pick it up from here because they do something 
Verse 2 says, we hung our harps upon the willows. In the midst thereof, we placed our worship and our praise hidden in the willow tree. And tomorrow we're going to talk about the prophecy of the willow tree. It's profound what they were doing. And they couldn't have done it had not God rescued them, separated them, and showed them. This is God's grace. If you can hear it, and if you'll receive it, the end thereof is what Brother Jeremy read. He's doing it so that he can have a people that seeks him with their whole heart and who truly know him and who truly are looking. Not for a benefit, not for a blessing, not for another five-star resort vacation, <laughs> but are truly looking for the return of their king, the one who saved us, healed us, delivered us, and forgives us. That's who we're longing for, and that's what is happening right now. All these things will lead to the return of the Lord. Let him have his way. We'll pick it up from here tomorrow with the prophecy of the willow tree. Amen. Brother Jeremy? Praise God. What a what a way to start uh, this week with this new series, A Separation Has Begun. And uh, we're looking forward to, to see what God has for us the rest of this week. You know, as, as you were mentioning it at, at, at the end, Brother Marty, as you were speaking, I could only remember of a young Daniel coming in contact with Babylon, you know, as he's taken. And and the Bible says, talking about separation, that Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. Praise I think God. that's the attitude we, we, we got to take in this hour, church, and, and brothers and sisters, friends that are listening. You got to make up your mind. That's where the separation begins with you, adhering, adhering to God's holy word and commandment. Praise the Lord. We look forward to having you tomorrow. Meanwhile, we pray the Lord will bless you. May the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up.